right, here we go. So focus, focus. Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 25. We're talking this morning about focus and seeing clearly. And we kicked off our series last week on focus with the realization that if we're going to focus, we have to first deal with some obstacles. Come on. We've got to go through some things, uh, those things that so easily distract us and cause us to lose focus. We have to deal with all of that stuff. Amen. So Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25, the Bible says this, Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. That's powerful. That passage, just that verse right there is powerful. Uh, God's word translation puts it this way. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your sight be what? Come on, somebody, what? One more time, what? Focused in front of you. In front of you. There are so many things that are here to distract us, to make us look, as it were, to the left and to the right, that get us off track. I mean, and it's not just the enemy. The enemy will throw things at you. Your friends sometimes will throw some stuff at you. Come on, your job will throw things at you, life period. And if you're not careful, you throw some stuff at yourself that gets you off track. I was thinking this past week, I was kind of going over my message. And, uh, you know, I was, I was looking up some things and going through some different stories and scriptures and uh, studying. And then I, I kind of got an email and I started looking at that and uh, saw, oh, that's interesting. And went through that. But by that time, some other notification came up and I started looking at that. By the time, uh, you know, an hour had gone by, I had, you know, seven windows open on my computer and two books open and all this. And it looks like I was really busy. Uh, but, you know, as we said last week, busy doing so many things, but not in enjoying any of them unfocused unfocused well we talked last week about leaving the baggage leave the baggage behind we talked about the myth of the benefit of multitasking now listen I'm not going to tell you that multitasking itself is evil I mean there are times when we absolutely have to do multiple things I mean come on I mean as a mother you know that uh, you know, there's, there's times when you just can't help it. There's two or three things going on, and you can't let any of the balls drop. None of the balloons can hit the ground or whatever metaphors you want to use. you got to juggle them all. So there's some times that that has to happen. But if that is what consumes your life, then I want to tell you, you're off track. If that's what consumes your life, multitasking, you're off track. And not only are you unable to focus, but we'll frustrate ourselves and we'll frustrate others when we allow multitasking to rule our life. I was thinking of a quote by Francis of Assisi. He said, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. I think that so many of us try to start by doing the impossible. You know, God said that with man things are impossible, but with God all things are, man things are impossible, but with God all things are possible. And so I just want to do, you know, what God has said, and I'm, I'm, I'm reaching way out there. And God said, listen, there's some things right in front of you that I want you to take care of before we get out there. There's some things right in front of you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and let your sight be focused in front of you. It's becoming more evident to me that while dreams and vision are necessary, listen to this now, clarity is paramount. 
clarity is paramount. We must have. Paul said, for example, if the trumpet doesn't sound a clear call, who is ready for battle? 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The trumpet doesn't sound a clear call. Who's going to get ready? Now, our natural reaction when we hear a statement like that is, yeah, someone needs to tell me what I need to do because I need some clarity. I'm sitting here and I need to understand uh, what's going on. You need to let me know. God needs to speak to me. The boss needs to tell me, my husband, my wife. Somebody needs to tell me so I can get some clarity. But understand, saints, that as it relates to your call and your purpose, your dreams and your vision, the responsibility lies squarely on your shoulders to seek and find clarity. God said in Isaiah, seek my face while I may be found. You're not going to find me sitting back, laying back on the couch, dreaming, wondering when I'm going to speak to you. Dreams and visions are necessary. Clarity, paramount. Solomon said this in Proverbs, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But listen, don't stop there. He said, and in all you're getting, come on somebody, get understanding. Don't sit back and wait for understanding to come to you. Get understanding. Come on, school teachers. How many times have you been in class teaching the class and you, you give everything that you believe you're supposed to give, but you see a look on your students' faces that they just don't understand? So you try explaining it again. And what do you tell them? You say, listen, if you don't understand something, what do they need to do? Ask. Raise your hand and ask because I can't read your mind. I don't know what your level of understanding is. Now, while God knows what our level of understanding is, he's still telling us to ask. Ask. Seek. Not come on. Nicholas Tesla said this, great inventor and uh, scientist. He said this one time. He said, the scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and be quite insane. So it's important to think deep, but you can be crazy thinking deep. (laughs) But to think clearly, come on, a clarity. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about seeing clearly. Seeing clearly. Now focus, what are we talking about? Our definition is this, adapt to the prevailing level of light and become able to see clearly these words, steer, target, train, aim, attempt. How many know that focus is a verb? Focus is an action word. Attempt, cast, concentrate. That takes some effort. Contemplate. Even that takes some effort. To direct. To direct. We don't want those distractions. Anything that can prevent us from giving full attention to what we're supposed to be giving full attention to. Turning your Bible to John chapter 9, I want to look at a story here. Familiar passage of scripture, a familiar story for you. Talking about the blind man, John chapter 9. I'm just going to begin at verse 1. Out of the New King James Version, the Bible says, Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, 
but that the works of God should be revealed in him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, this is he. Others said, well, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. I do not know. Now, out of this passage of scripture, we see that there was a man blind. He did nothing to blind himself. He was blind from birth. But when Jesus came along, he was able to get some clarity. You see, when you're blind, you're limited. You're dependent on everyone else except God. Come on. But when you have clarity... When you can see the light that Jesus puts before your eyes, then you can accomplish your purpose. Then you can realize your dreams and visions, the ones that God has given to you. There are four things, I believe, that are crucial for us to be able to see clearly. Number one, we have to realize that we don't know everything. I mean, that's where it starts. Because some of us won't admit it, but some of us think we know everything. Come on. You just think you know everything. And you might say, well, I don't think I know everything. But when somebody tries to tell you something, come on. I mean, when somebody tries to tell you something, uh, you don't want to live. You know it already. You ever found yourself when somebody's trying to tell you something that you think you already know, you're already forming a response in your mind to what they're saying? You're going to correct what they're saying? Or you're, going, you're, you're in, your, in your mind, you're saying, yep, I already know that, so you're going to uh, co-sign with them to show them that you know what they're talking about. And all the time, God could be trying to tell you something. I mean, I've, I've, I've told the story time and time again, and I'll tell it until uh, my deathbed. I remember when I uh, witnessed to my cousin, and she got saved, and two weeks into her salvation, two weeks into her salvation, she called me and said, listen, the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell you to read Genesis and the story of Noah's Ark. And immediately my mind went to, I've heard this story and read it so many times. I've heard it in Sunday school growing up. I know Noah's Ark and that sounds good. Thank you very much because, uh, uh, you know, you, it's okay. I, I, I'll receive that, you know. But all the while my attitude was, yeah, I, I've read that before. Thank you very much. And about a month later, God convicted me. Long story short, read it, and it was one of the best revelations, most impactful revelations for me in my life that I've ever had, from then till now that I've ever had. God can speak to you. Listen, realize that you don't know everything. I mean, blindness, look, look at it this way. Blindness 
or lack of vision often isn't a result of something that you've done, but it's been there from the beginning. David put it this way. He said, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and I was shaped my, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin, my mother conceived me. I was shapen in iniquity, one version says. In, I came to this world blind. Come on. That's how I got here. See, experience gives you knowledge, not revelation. Don't forget that. Because I know some of us have been around a while. And, and experience absolutely is wonderful. And experience is necessary. And if you don't have it, go to someone who has it. Listen to them. Trust me, listen to them. But we who have experience must know that it has given us knowledge, but that's not what gives us revelation. Only in the presence of the Lord can we get revelation. Allowing God to work in and through you, come on, and in and through your blindness reveals his glory. You know, it is God's will that you be well and whole. But we get in our own way because we want to tell God how to do it. <laughs> and no matter how long you've lived, no matter how much you've read, how many mistakes you've made, how many successes you've had, how many people you've mentored, how many classes you've completed, or how many places you've been, you can take all of those things and put them into a big, large barrel and conclude that you still don't know everything. Because God is unsearchable. Come on. God is full of wisdom and knowledge. And it's impossible for us to have arrived with the being that created us. Come on. So realize in your mind, okay, I'm at this point. I don't know everything. I got that. Now I can move forward. The second thing is we have to understand that Jesus is the light of revelation. Jesus is the light of revelation. You can seek knowledge from all kinds of people, all kinds of things, but it is with the light of Scripture. I believe the founding fathers of this country, when they wrote the Constitution, and I can't remember the quote exactly, uh, but it was either Ben Franklin or George Washington that said that this Constitution, these words, must be interpreted in the light of Scripture. Did you know that? Must be interpreted in the light of of scripture there's no revelation without Jesus Psalm 36 9 for with you is the fountain of life and now listen to what David said here in your light we see light in thy light we see light and so it's difficult for us to focus without the light come on we can't see clearly without the light he said, night is coming when no one will be able to work. It's hard to work in the dark. What do you do in the dark? You grope. You're fearful. Come on. You're at a disadvantage. Unable to move forward sometimes because of fear and there is no light. We can't get direction without light. And I'll tell you what else. We focus on the wrong thing when there is no light. Think about it. We get distracted by every little noise. Objects are not what they appear to be in the dark. We're desperate and we grab onto something, anything in the dark. We need the light. Jesus is the light of revelation. 
Remember in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light and there was light. But my question is, where did the light come from? When I read that, because if you really read that down, you'll see that it wasn't until verse 14, 15 that he created the sun, moon, and the stars. So God said, let there be light. That wasn't the sun that he was creating. Come on now, you ever thought about that? What was the light then? Well, he was revealing himself. Jesus is the light, the light of the world. Come on. John 8, 12, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now look how he put it in Matthew. He said these words, after he said, I am the light of the world, he turned around to his disciples and said what? You are the light of the world, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. When you have Jesus and you are focused, you're able to help others focus. Jesus shines through you. Jesus shined through the blindness of this man. The glory of God is revealed when we allow Jesus to be the light in us. Not only does it help us to focus, but it helps others to focus on him, on the right thing. Ephesians 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, come on, in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. God wants your eyes to be open. He wants you to be able to see clearly. But so often we look so many other places to get revelation when Jesus saying, I'm the one who created you. I created the world. I created all things. The breath in your body is my breath. It's my pneuma. Why would you not come to me for clarity and understanding? Jesus is the light of the world. The third thing is, he may not use the methods you think he should use. He may not do things the way that you think he should do things. In other words, his ways are different than yours. You, you've heard the overused scripture. We'll get to that in a moment. His ways are higher than ours. But think about this. In this story right here, he made clay out of saliva. Who would have thought that? How many would have accepted that? I mean, if the man wasn't blind, I don't know if he wouldn't have said ill. Come on. <laughs> I mean, he spat on the ground. I wouldn't have thought to do that. But there are other places when God, so many places in the Bible. What about Naaman? You remember Naaman when he went to the prophet. God spoke to him through the prophet. Now, this was, now Naaman, come on now. He was a ruler. Come on now, I'm coming to the prophet come out here and heal me of this leprosy. I'm a ruler. In fact, you might have to come, come out, bow down, and then heal me. I don't know what his attitude was. He was a ruler. But he went to Elisha's house. Elijah didn't even come out himself. He sent out a messenger. Go tell this man to go to the Jordan and dip seven times. Naaman said, what? I mean, I'm a ruler. I would have thought at least you would have come out and talk to me. 
And then, if you remember in the story, he said, listen, there's a couple other rivers in Damascus. They're clean rivers. Why are you telling me to go into the Jordan? He might not do things the way you think he's going to do them. But when he was obedient, come on, because it's about the obedience. We think too much about what God is telling us to do instead of just doing what God told us to do. Come on. What about when he spoke to the centurion's servant or the, Cap- uh, the Capernaum official's son or the woman who was a Gentile that crawled to his table and he just spoke a word? One time, he spit on the ground and made clay out of saliva. This time, he didn't do anything. He just spoke. Go your way and you are healed. Another time, a woman crawled to him and touched the hem of his garment. And power went out from him. He wasn't even looking to heal her. He may not do things the way you think he'll do things. We know the scripture. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. But then Monday and Tuesday come and we do things our way. And we quote it. Come on now. We even quote it with a little high. His ways are higher. But then on Monday, we're doing our own thing. I'm talking to myself now. You know I am. I'm talking to myself. And on Tuesday, I'm really, I done forgot all about that scripture. Somebody said, what scripture was that? I said, I don't know. I think it's, uh, you know, in Ezekiel somewhere. I was thinking about this story. I came across this story. And I think it relates. William Powers tells the story of a friend from She was from a non-English speaking background, from a non-English speaking country, who had she migrated to the United States. And what happened was, whenever he asked her how she was, as time went by, uh, she would inevitably reply, "Busy, very busy," and she said the same thing every time. Now it was interesting because he would observe her. He was pretty close. He became pretty close to her and he would observe her true story. And he was thinking, well, she's not really that busy. I mean, she's not busier than anyone else. You know, she's living her life. But every time he asked her how she was doing, she would say busy, very, very busy. Name was Maria. And uh, what he ended up learning in time is that Maria was simply copying what Americans sent to each other when they asked how they were doing. She thought it was just the way that you replied politely to inquiries about how you're doing. When people say how you're doing, you're supposed to say busy, very busy. She didn't realize what it meant, but that's just what she heard people saying. And if we're not careful, we'll miss God doing a whole new thing in a whole new way because we're mimicking the world. I guess that's just how you're supposed to do it. That's what people say. That's what they're supposed to do. Jesus may not do things the way you think he should do them. He's a creator. God doesn't mimic. He creates. What would make us think that he would do things conventionally? Why would we think that? He's a creator. Come on. I mean, there's no mind like the mind of God. He's not going to do things the way you think he should do them. That'll get you off focus if you're looking at this is the way it should be done. You get tunnel vision. And fourth and lastly, focus simply begins with Jesus at the center. 
It begins with Jesus at the center. In John verse nine, chapter nine, verse three, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. Listen, this was an opportunity to turn the blind man's pain into a, a preaching pedestal so that the power of God could be known. I mean, are you at that place today? Are you willing to let your pain become a pedestal? To preach about the power of God? Or are you one who wants to hide the pain? It may be the very thing that God wants to use as a pedestal. But our focus is on the wrong. We focus on our pain. That's what we're focusing on. You see, there are two words that come to mind when we talk about focus. Efficient and effective. Efficient and effective. Now get this if you don't get anything else from this message. Know that our focus begins with Jesus at the center. But when Jesus at the center, uh, with Jesus at the center, these two words really become uh, revelation to us. You want to accomplish what God's set out before you? This is what Jesus is going to cause you to be, efficient and effective. You see, what you focus on is as important as you focusing. I'm going to say that again. What you focus on is as important as you focusing. Come on. Focus is about efficiency and effectiveness working together. And understand that they are two different things. You might say, yeah, efficient and effective. Yeah, it would be those things. But understand what they are. Efficiency is doing things right. How many know we need to do things right? What we put our hand to, we need to do the right way. But here's the key to it. Here's what goes along with it. Effectiveness is doing the right thing. Come on, somebody. Because you can do the wrong thing right and never get to what God wants you to do. Come on. You can be doing the right thing and do it wrong and never get to what God wants you to get to. He wants you to be both efficient and effective. We need to understand that we need to be doing the right things right. We need to do the right things right. I need to do the right things right. Say that with me. I need to do the right things right. One more time. I need to do the right things right. That's something that we have to get in our mind. God wants us to not only do things right, but he wants us to do the right thing. How many know what the right thing is? (laughs) The right thing is what Jesus tells you to do. And so when you're talking about focus and you're talking about seeing clearly, come on, if you're not doing the right thing, I would submit that you're not seeing clearly. And I want to put it to you this way. No Jesus, no focus. No Jesus, no focus. Colossians 1, 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, Watch this now. Watch this. You've heard it, but watch it. It says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers, all things were created through him 
and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And so that's a pretty powerful passage right there. And no Jesus, no focus. Because it's not kind of about Jesus. It's not kind of about him. It's not, yeah, he needs to come alongside me. I know we say it, and it sounds good. But it's not Jesus needs to come alongside me. We we need to get this revelation. It's all, all about him. Nothing left out. It's not about me. It's not about you. He don't need you. He don't need me. He don't need her. He don't need him. He don't need us. And he don't need them. He's God all by himself. And it's all about him. And the sooner we get that revelation, the sooner we'll be able to focus. Because we got to understand that when we get that revelation, we understand that he has our best interest at heart. He has our joy, our happiness, our abundant life in his heart, in his presence. Come on, his fullness of joy. And so I leave you with this. Remember the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 14. If the trumpet doesn't sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? If you don't have clarity in your life, how are you going to accomplish anything? Don't start running until you start seeing clearly. Don't start walking until you see clearly. Don't start crawling until you see clearly. And the only way for you to see clearly is to understand that Jesus is the center of it all. He's right at the center. It's all about him. It's not about you. Amen.